This is the Reset MD podcast. We welcome you to join in on our conversations with fellow physicians. Many of us in medicine reach a point in our careers where we want to make a change, hit a reset button. Wouldn't it be nice to have some guidance from colleagues who'd been there too and have pearls of wisdom to share? These well-being conversations will cover a range of topics, thriving in medicine, physician health, burnout prevention, work-life integration, practice optimization, advocacy, and support. And we'll just have some fun doing it. Listen in and start your reset. Hi, welcome to the Reset MD podcast. I'm Dr. Marianne McCrary, one of the co-creators of the podcast. You've heard me here before, and today I'm so excited uh, with our guest, Dr. Una. I want to tell you a little bit about her. She's Dr. Neka Unatuku, and she's a board-certified pediatrician and founder and CEO of Ivy League Pediatrics outside of Atlanta, Georgia. She graduated from the University of Nigeria College of Medicine and completed her residency in New Jersey before opening her own practice. And after honing her entrepreneurial skills, Dr. Una created the EntreMD Business School podcast and community. And spoiler alert, there's something new to help physicians build personal brands around their expertise, open practices, and develop product lines. She's been featured in Forbes and a member of the Forbes Business Council, and she's helped doctors all over the world leverage entrepreneurship to build lives they love. And I love that last statement, to build lives they love. Thank you so much for being here, and I can't wait to hear how you did that and how you help others to do that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited about being here. Well, I have, um, we have mutual friends in common, and I have had the chance to um, hear you speak and coach physicians and um, about how to, again, build a life that they love. And when I heard your story, I thought it would be a perfect uh, conversation to have for our listeners as we talk about how we can make these resets and pivots in our lives and careers to support our wellness. And I think your story is a perfect example of that. So I'm going to hand uh, hand the microphone over to you. Please, please tell your, our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you've come to where you are today. Yeah, I, I love that you talk about resets and pivots because I think, you know, when I when I think about my journey, I think there are three major ones that I did and we could talk about that today. But, um, you know, like you said, I'm Dr. Una and, um, you know, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been married for 15 years. I have four little ones, two of whom I homeschool. So this is very fascinating. That's a whole different podcast episode. <laughs> Um, and you know, I like to tell my story because, um, a lot of times you may see somebody who's doing something and it feels like it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, and that's the way I felt, I felt, you know, people are just better than me and it was what it was. And I was who I was and that the end, and and it is so not true. So not true. So I went to medical school in Nigeria. I went to the university of Nigeria um, and it's the European system. So it's six years of med school right out of high school. And so I did that and then moved back to the US um, and uh, started my pediatric residency. And that was a lot of fun. 
Um, I say residency was fun, but I'll never do it again. That's kind of my, my take on residency. And so did that, graduated, um, applied for my first job in Georgia. So moved my family over to Georgia. I remember walking in to see my first patient as a big boss attending, um, saw the patient, did the prescription, walked out of the room. And I was shocked by the fact that the emotion I felt was not excitement. It was almost sad. It was very anticlimactic. I was, so I started checking. I was like, why do I feel that way? And I was like, so the thing I just did now, I'm going to do that and do that and do that till I'm 70 and then I'll retire and I'll die. Like, that's it. Like there has to be more. And I had no concept of what more was. It was not within the realm of possibility to own a private practice. Like those thoughts did not occur to me or do anything else. But I just was like, this cannot be it, right? This cannot be all there is. And so after I'd worked there for about nine months, I had signed a one-year contract. And so my boss was like, um, here, here's a five-year contract. And, you know, to put this in context, I'd been married for three years. I just completed a three-year residency. So five years was like eternity. I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not signing a five-year contract, but I was going to need to move anyway. So I wasn't going to stay. And so I was like, okay, you know, my, my husband's work and all that is like an hour away. We've been commuting. I'm like, you know, the family is going to need to move. And he's like, okay, fine. If you're not going to stay, you should start your own practice. I'm like, okay, wait okay, first of all, nobody starts to practice nine months out of residency. This is not how this works. And at the time I was pregnant, I was like six or seven months pregnant. So I was like, in case you missed this very obvious bump here, I'm pregnant. This is not the time to start a practice. But he's like, no, like you're doing most of the things you do already. Um, if you have questions, you can ask me, go start your practice. And I had another mentor who was like, you should start thinking about starting your practice. So I started playing around with the idea because again, this was not something in the realm of possibility for me. And so for somebody listening, there may be things that you've just decided I'm not the kind of person who can do that. Play around with it. Who knows? Right. And so I played around with it. I was like, okay, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we start a practice? You know? So I looking at, I probably looked at 150 pediatric websites. Like, what do they do? What do they offer? What are their hours? I look at their reviews. What do people complain about? So I won't do that. You know, like things like that. And then, but my underlying philosophy was hang the shingle and they will come, okay? I didn't know any better. And so I started the practice, I hung the shingle and they did not come. It, I mean, like they did not, I was like a deer caught in headlight because I had, I, I already had, you know, the lease that I signed for three years. I already had insurance contra company contracts. I had, you know, utilities I signed, all these things. And I was like, I can't just back out. like. I, I actually have to tell people to come, <laughs> you know what I mean? And for me, it was a very terrifying moment because, you know, I, I speak a lot now. So sometimes it's hard to believe, but I was a very introverted introvert. So the thought of going to talk to people about my business, I was like, I can, I can, I cannot do this, right? Like I could close this practice down and walk away. Like if I didn't have all those commitments, I don't know, maybe I would have, you know? And so I kind of sat in this moment where it's like, okay, people who have great practices, they're great entrepreneurs, so they have great practices. I'm not a great entrepreneur. I suck. And then my practice sucks. And that's the way it is. I had a fixed mindset, right? Like it is what it is. And um, so I, 
I remember reading a Brian Tracy book and there was a statement there. I mean, this is 12 years ago. I still remember it or 13 years ago. He said, all business skills are learnable. Nobody's better than you. You just know something you don't know. The most freeing state, I was like, wait a minute, learnable? Like I'm a physician. If there's anything I can do, I can learn, right? And so that's when I started exploring. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not bad at marketing. Maybe I just don't know anything about it. Maybe I'm not bad at hiring. I just don't know anything about it. Maybe I'm not bad at profit and loss statements. I don't, you know, stuff like that. So I started learning. There are no Facebook groups at the time. There's none of, you know, the communities we have now. And so learning was, you know, reading Brian Tracy books and reading John Maxwell books for leadership and, you know, things like that, reading autobiographies. And so I did that. And the practice started to thrive. Um, it, it started to thrive. So that was my first pivot was from, this is the traditional thing that a physician will do to know you can own your own practice and you can make it work. And then in 2016, I was at a place where I was working four days a week. The practice was doing really well. And then I had this aha moment, right? And it was medicine as we know it is gone and it's never coming back. Um, and if all you know how to do is doctoring, then you're going to be out of luck. You need to retool yourself so that you can still have a lot of impact and still generate a lot of revenue, even if you couldn't doctor. And so I started thinking, I was like, okay, so what could I could be? So I started thinking, so what could I do? I was like, okay, I could be a paid speaker. I was like, I run a private practice, so I could be a consultant. I could be a writer, you know, things. So I started exploring that, right? I, I could be the CEO of my practice as opposed to the lead pediatrician, which are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, could I be the CEO of, of my practice? And my input is so valuable that I can earn as much as a pediatrician will earn in that role, right? And so I started exploring all these things and learning new skills and you know, signed up for a speaking program and things like that. But I was so aware that medicine had changed. I was like, it's not just about me. This is going to be a bloodbath for physicians if we don't figure this out, right? Now, remember, this was six years ago. And so that's when the seeds of EntreMD were planted. That was now, so it was one pivot, which was, you know, for me and to help others, like, let's retool ourselves. Let's become great entrepreneurs. Let's become great speakers. Let us take share in the business world. Like we can, right? And we should. And so that became one-on-one -on -one coaching. That became speaking. That became hosting live events, became a podcast, became the EntreMD Business School and all of that. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm doing this but there's a whole community. There's a million physicians and we've been sold all these lies. We're not good at entrepreneurs. We're not good at money. We've been told to stay in our lane. We've been told all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I want to be part of the people who solve this problem, right? Because there is, there's nobody coming to save us right? There's a million of us. We can empower ourselves and save our own selves. We can get rid of these imaginary lids that people have given us. And so I kind of was like, I want to help a hundred thousand doctors figure out how to build profitable businesses. And I picked that number because mm -hmm. I studied movements and I found if you can help 10% 
of the populate of a population experience a change, then the culture of that whole population changes. So I know I don't need to reach a million. I know I need to reach a hundred thousand, which is ten percent, and everything changes. The industry changes. The narrative for the physician community changes. And so that's kind of my third pivot, where I'm like. I am going after the mass business education of physicians. And I'm doing that through the podcast. I'm doing that through my new book, The Entree MB Method. I call it the $16 MBA, right? Because we're not looking to do another two years and another six figures in school loans um, to get a business education. I'm like, this is a roadmap. Follow the roadmap. You can go from, I don't think I can do it to I have a successful business. And so those are kind of the, resets that I, you know, the three big resets that I've done. And this is, this is where I am now. Oh my gosh. I was taking so many notes. <laughs> I think, you know, what I, what I heard you say in this amazing growth, kind of switching that mindset from like, this is how it has to be. This is what we do as doctors. We're, we're in our lane, as you said, until somebody just kind of that little spark of like, Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you consider this? And it just like, started to grow that little seed as you as you said and and then getting information getting education we're doctors we know how to we know how to learn we know how to bring that information in and then starting to create these solutions but then at the same time it's been this like uh transition uh and resets of like this is for me this is self then I'm going to kind of make this a little bit bigger. I've got this community I'm building. And now you're talking about, you know, 10% impact for the total population of physicians This and spreading to the world. And so I'm just getting so excited listening to you talk about this. And I can imagine just the confidence builder, you know, as you continue to learn and do this, you were talking about being the most introverted of introverts and, and, and just like, I'm doing it the way they told me. Uh, to where you are now is just, it's so amazing. And I'm so thankful that you're sharing that with other people because physicians are often feeling stuck. As you were ahead of your time seeing that, you know, as the pandemic has brought this out, that just being in practice is not this secure situation that we've thought it could be. And now we need to think outside the box and we need to expand um, our idea of what we can do and the impact that we can have. Um, so that was a, that was a lot of reflection there, but I, I, I hear you. And I so love that, that this is where you are now. Yeah. And, and for everybody listening, you know, this is, um, wow, this is a 13 year journey and, you know, cause someone may go like, I, I can't do that. But the truth is we all can. Um, you know, you talk about building confidence and the truth of the matter is I've done everything I've done afraid. Mm -hmm. Every single thing I've, I've felt the fear, but I've done it anyway. I've doubted myself, but I did it anyway. And the thing is, as I got experience with it, I was like, wait a minute. I felt the doubt and did it and still got the result. I felt the fear and did it, it still got the result. So clearly it can't really stop me. Like it's, oh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it can't stop me. And so I adopted a new way of looking at fear. And that is, you know, I was like, fear, since you won't go away, here's a seat, 
have a seat and watch me succeed. You know what I mean? And so I no longer interpret it to mean stop is just a pointer is telling me, oh, you are at the edge of your comfort zone. You're about to go outside your comfort zone where all the magic happens. You know what I mean? And so if someone is listening and they're like, but I'm, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I, you know, putting myself out there and all of that, all the greats do it afraid. And everything I've done, I did it afraid. Even with writing this book, I had drama around the book. I still wrote it. I still promoted it. I'm like, everybody needs to read it. You know what I mean? And so we, we can thrive in spite of that. I just want to say that. So everybody has this whole new realm of possibility that I like, wow, this could be possible for me, whatever this is for them. Thank you for giving us a little bit behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, kind of those feelings that are that are sitting inside. And that makes me curious as you talked about this 13-year journey and and the ups and downs along the way and the and the things that you've done. You mentioned earlier you're you're married, you have four children, you're you have all these roles, but you're also a teacher for your children. You know, what has helped you that if people are just looking at you, your Dr. Una and what she does and her book, you know, what's helped you behind the scenes be able to continue to do this, to support yourself in your wellness? You talked about some of the, the mindset work that you've done. You know, what else has been helpful for you that others may learn from? So there are a number of things. Um, one of them is I take the time to think about what I want, right? I think we're happiest when we're in alignment with what we think our lives should look like. And so I spend a lot of time talking to my 90 year old self, right? It's kind of like 90, you know, my, so people do this exercise, like, what do you want read at your funeral? And I'm like, I don't want to be thinking about my funeral every day. So I'm like, what do I want read at my 90th birthday, right? So I just, I just it's a little too morbid for me. But I think about that because the more you think about where you ultimately be, the better decisions you make today, um, there are challenges you face that you're able to put in perspective. Um, it's kind of like we had this picture of doctor helping a lot of people and all of that. And it helps you go through medical school, even though it's so stressful. You know what I mean? And so one of the things I do is I, I do pay attention to the, my vision for my life. And so that the decisions I make are taking me closer and closer to that. And I find the more I do that, the more fulfilled I feel, the more at peace I am, the more, I mean, like I say, like an entree MD, I've never worked because it's my life's work. So it doesn't feel like work. So that's one of the, one of the things that I do. Um, the second thing is I pay attention to what renews my strength, what is rejuvenating for me. And I do it often. So for instance, I do not walk for exercise. Uh, anybody who follows me on social media is like, she walks a lot. I do not walk for exercise. I walk for relaxation because for me, it's very relaxing. I'm an introvert, so I'm by myself. I put on my headphones that are visible so nobody feels the need to talk to me because I don't want to talk to anybody, <laughs> right? And I'm just walking in nature and I'm thinking and I'm imagining and I'm doing whatever I want to do, right? And so that's something that I at least do five days a week because it's relaxing for me, right? Um, another thing I do is I surround myself with people who are possibility thinkers. I, I think it's, you know, 
you're around people who are really inspiring, it, it just makes you, your stress level go away to a certain extent because you're like, apparently human beings could do things as great as that. So I need to chill. So I'll give you an example. There was a time I was super stressed out about, you know, my staff managing my team and all of this stuff. Mind you, I probably had seven or eight employees at the time. And I was, I was reading about Matt Cuban and the owner of um, Dallas Mavericks, and he has 150 companies. Okay. So I'm going like, he has more than, you know, almost 20 times the number of companies as I have employees that clearly I just need to reassess what I'm doing with this staff thing. It is not that serious. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> so put the this more, in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Just puts yeah. it in perspective. <laughs> so the, so the more I hang out with successful people who are doing great things, who are big possibility thinkers, the more it puts it in perspective and it's not as stressful, you know? So I do that a lot. I'm very intentional about building communities and building relationships. Um, some of them you get access to um, without paying. Some of them are like masterminds I pay to be in and I value community that much. Um, and I think the final thing I'll say is, which is one of the biggest, maybe even um, is, is delegation. Um, you cannot, well, you can, but it doesn't make sense to continue to add things to your plate and not take things off your plate, right? And so I started off as a resident, like a wife and a resident, and then I added on mother, then I added on attending, then I added on practice owner, then I added on speaker. Like you don't do all of that without progressively getting things off your plate. And so you, I, I, kind of sit in this place of what is my zone of genius? And I try to hire everything out. Now, delegation is a place where I've really struggled. So I'm not there, but I'm working, I'm, I'm always working on it. Like, what can I get off my plate? And this is not just professionally, but personally as well. So I do not cook. I do not clean. I do not do shopping of any kind, not for clothes, not for groceries, not for anything. I do none of that. Um, I, I outsource that. Um, when I was working more clinically, I had someone who would take my kids to school, bring them back, take them anywhere they needed to go. Needed to go. That was outsourced as well. Um, when it comes to my business, um, some aspects of social media are gone. Some aspects of managing my email calendar, all of that stuff are gone. I actually had a book signing for the EntreMD Method book. And it started at four o'clock. You want to know when I saw the location and what it looked like? Four o'clock. So I walked in, I was like, man, you guys did an amazing job. That banner over there is pretty cute. The screen looks great. I saw none of it before that. I didn't buy the dress I wore. I didn't buy the shoes I wore. I had somebody come in, do hair, makeup. All, like I just showed up, they put clothes on me and I went and did my thing. And so, you know, of course that comes with people who will not do it exactly the way you want it to be done, but you have to be okay with B work. Because if you do the A work, there's so many other things you'll never be able to do and your stress level will be through the roof. And so these are some of the things that, has, that have made it easier for me to do all the things that I do because I don't live in constant stress. I really don't. I, I, I enjoy the life that I'm living now. And these are the, some of the things that make it possible. Yeah. 
I think you've just given us a big permission slip uh, for a lot of people who are listening to think about that differently. As you said, we feel like we've got to keep doing all the things because it's we're good at them and we can do them the best. But but in at the end of the day, if we're trying to do too many things, we're spread thin. And you're as you said, you're not able to kind of live in that that zone of genius, that that energizing space for you. And and I I was just like how, do, how can you do that? Like you were talking about walk in and because I'm can be a micromanager at times and I can be a, want my hands in everything. And so I think that's definitely something for me to take personally, that advice that you just gave to, to think about that a little bit differently and what that could lead to. As you said, yeah. you can concentrate on these things that are just so uh, powerful for you and to be able to, to do this 10% uh, work that you're talking about, uh, to yeah. build that to, for 10% of the population who needs to hear this. Yeah, because the, the opportunity cost is very high, right? That's the problem with not delegating. That's why I look at it because it's hard for me and I tend to micromanage and all things, right? But for instance, I may have a dream of touching 10% of the physicians. I will never be able to accomplish that if I don't delegate. So what is the point of the laundry done perfectly, but I, I didn't, wasn't able to do what was really my heart's desire to do? Do you see what I mean? And so mm -hmm. we can take the laundry, right? You know what I mean? And when we think about it, you know, because sometimes we'll say, well, I can do it the best. Well, think about it as doctors, though. Couldn't we greet the patients the best? We don't greet them. Couldn't we be the best to, you know, be the front desk person and welcome them in and give them the forms? We could do that better than any front desk person, right? Couldn't we do better vitals? We could do better vitals, right? But it makes no sense for us to do that. Yeah. We do the things that only we can do. And yeah. so if we take that from medicine and bring it into our lives, we should be striving every day to build a team so that we do the things that only we can do. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, there are some people who love to cook where cooking is their relaxation and their self-care. Please do not delegate. It, mm -hmm. Feel free to do that because again, that's, that's something that brings you joy. It brings me no joy. Like if you want to make me sad, put me in a mall. I start breaking out in hives. I'm like, please, can somebody get me out of here? Right. And so why would I do that? And another thing to think about is as doctors, we are in a position where we are high earners. Now, sometimes we're like, yeah, but it doesn't come too much. But at the end of the day, we're high earners, right? We could be earning $30,000 a year. Okay. So one of the benefits, one of the reasons why we earn high is so we can buy the time of others. Absolutely. Right? We can buy the time of others. So we are empowered to not only have 24 hours, but to have someone else's eight hours here, another person's four hours there. And we can literally have 70 hours a day. And we, we can afford that so we can rise and do more of what only we can do. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. And I would, I would um, kick myself if I didn't ask you for some words of advice for our listeners who are hearing this and thinking, you know, maybe I could start my own practice. Maybe I could do something different. And I know you just wrote a book uh, called The Entre MD Method. As you said, a proven roadmap for doctors who want to live life and practice medicine on their terms. How, how for those physicians, I'll say, who are thinking about this, how can they get started? 
I know this is in the book, but if you can give us just a little little sneak peek on some of the advice you give a physician who wants to think outside the box of what they're doing now. Yeah, and I'll start off by saying that every physician wants to be thinking that way. Um, even if you love your job and you're going to keep your job, you still run a company. It's called Dr. U Incorporated. This is for every physician. And, you know, in 2018, I remember doing a post and I was like, well, what if it's 2022? And they're hiring more nurse practitioners and doctoring, like, what, what would you do? How would you, what, how would you respond to that? And I was trying to make the point, like, whatever you're going to do then, do it now. And people in emergency medicine were like, that could never happen. We can never be replaced. We will always have jobs. But look at where we are now, right? And so it is, is not, it's not wise to see something coming and not prepare, right? So this is for everybody. So I'm saying that so I can include everybody who's listening. Um, there are probably three overarching things that I'll talk about. Um, the first would be you need a business education. Okay. We as physicians, we have like work ethic, de delayed gratification, access to big networks and stuff that give us the potential to be really great entrepreneurs. But we do not, we did not get a business training, right? And the rules of business are very different from the rules of medicine. And you have to learn the rules of business. It's not a problem because all business skills are learnable. If you could read those big medical books and you could memorize the Krebs cycle, you can figure out business, right? But you need to learn it, okay? And there's so many ways to do that. Um, one is, if I can use what we do at EntreMD, for instance, there's an EntreMD podcast. We just hit 200 episodes. And it's 200. Yeah, right? That's so amazing. It's 200 episodes of, I mean, great content. It's inspirational. It's motivational. But it gives you practical steps you can start applying from the second the episode is over, right? And so you want to listen to that, right? We have the EntreMD Method book which is, like I said, the $16 MBA. You read it, you apply it, right? Makes a difference. So you want to get a business education. That's the first thing. The second thing is there are not enough examples of physician entrepreneurs who are thriving. Now, there are many, there are many, many, many. But if you compare it to the million physicians, there are not enough examples. And that's sometimes the reason why we feel stuck and things like that, or we feel like, oh, I can't build a successful business because we don't have so many examples of what is possible. And so you have to create your own environment that's filled with examples, right? So you want to be in, you want to create a community. When I say community, I mean, you can insert yourself in a community, but you want to be in a community of physician entrepreneurs who are thriving because just being there, just seeing the example makes it go like, of course, this is possible, right? It's like someone who comes from a family of physicians. Grandpa was a physician. Mommy and daddy are physicians. Two siblings are physicians. It's like, this is how we roll, right? And so you want to put yourself in a community so that it feels normal. So that that possibility is so much higher in your mind than the possibility of you not thriving. So you want to be in it. So there's so many Facebook communities, for instance, that you could be a part of. Um, there are paid communities that you'd be a part of. And don't be afraid to pay for those. The return on investment of that is so high, right? 
that if you know you you be there okay and then the third thing which i think is you know like number three four five six seven eight nine ten is you want to start taking action right away right when you hear my story it really is a story of huh let me try that hmm let me try that right i cannot say that i thought five years ago that this is where i would be today it is that ability to take action the best action you can take right now and then when you know more you do more right and so if you're thinking okay i want to start a private practice well you may not know all the things but you probably know you can register it right you probably know that you're going to need patients so maybe you start building those referral sources building relationships with those referral sources maybe you know that people are going to want to have that know, like, and trust factor. So maybe you start a YouTube channel and start talking about the commonest questions people ask in your field. So there's so many actions you can take um, because, you know, waiting is where great dreams go to die. You know, you want to you wanna stay in action. You want to stay doing things. And the more you do it, the more confident you become, the more possible it will look, the more, you know, like you want to be in action. So get a business education get in a, a community of physician entrepreneurs and start taking action from where you are right now. Maybe you're even here and your, your thing is kind of like you've had a business, but you kind of play with it, you know, like you're a hobbyist. And so maybe your thing is, well, maybe I'm going to set a goal. The most number of clients I've ever had is five, right? Um, maybe I'm going to get 10 this month, right? And you start working towards that. That may be your action, but you want to stay, you want to stay in motion. You're speaking my language as a coach, you know, those goals and actions. And I, I think it goes back to, as you said, we, we can stay in our heads. We can kind of think about this. We can have that fear and doubt that you talked about, but sometimes you just have to, you just have to kind of sign on the dotted line. You have to put the next step in place because you're not probably going to feel a hundred percent ready when you when you do that and i think that is something that um we know too that women physicians kind of even pull back a little bit on that in what they do they they don't apply for things they don't kind of take that next step until they feel ready where male physicians often will be like oh i can i'm 60 percent of the way there i'm ready to go yeah and the thing is this um if you approach your life as an explorer you won't look for the hundred percent anymore because now you're approaching it with curiosity. Like what would happen if I did this? So for instance, I talked about the Entree MD podcast, um, hitting the 200th episode. And the thing is that on the same day we crossed 200,000 downloads. Okay. On the very same day. And if I tell you about that podcast, it's not something that was like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to be amazing. And it's going to change the world. I wasn't sure. I had been doing a ton of YouTube videos. That was, that was what I started in the beginning. And then I went and I posted a, a, a poll. I was like, okay, how do you guys like to consume information? YouTube, podcast, um, blog. And I did that knowing, right? Knowing, quote unquote, that they would say YouTube, right? Video, that's what ranks number one. And 90, I don't know, 97 or so percent of them were like, oh, podcast. I was like, the nerve of you guys. I've been making all these YouTube videos and you're going to say podcast, right? Now, I could have said, I'm not ready. 
I don't know what equipment to use. I don't know what platform to use. Um, I don't know if people accept it and the whole nine yards. Okay. But what I did was I was like, huh, well, I wonder what that would look like. I already have a name of my company. It's EntreMD. So I don't need a name for the podcast. The podcast is EntreMD podcast. Um, I didn't even know that I could go on Fiverr and find someone to make um, podcast art. So I called my brother. I was like, play around with Canva, make me, make me a graphic. Okay. Um, I looked at the mics. It was too confusing. I was like, I can't figure this out. So I, I used my iPhone at the time with the earphones that come with the iPhone and my basement was my studio. Okay. And then, um, I looked at the hosting platforms and, you know, I was like, oh, this is complicated, complicated. Buzzsprout was so user-friendly is like podcasting, um, podcast platform for dummies. And I don't say that to say their platform is bad. I still use it today. I say it to say it was very simple. I was like, these are my guys. Right. So I literally made the decision. They said, we like podcasts. I was like, okay, this was November like the first week in November. And by November 15th, this podcast was approved on iTunes. Because two I was weeks, just like, two weeks, <laughs> two weeks, right? And two weeks with the time for it to be approved, right? So I went in, recorded intro, outro, first three episodes, sent it to my brother. He says, I don't edit this. I like, figure it out, Google it, do something, figure it out, right? It did that. And that's how the podcast came to be. What was my level of certainty? Not much. And I'm saying that to do, say I did a bad job. No, I did an excellent job. Now, an excellent job is different from a perfect job. Perfect means there's no errors. Excellent means I did the best with the resources I had at the time, whether the resources tech or the resources knowledge. I did the absolute best I could do. And then because my goal is to continue to get better, I've gotten better and better since then. So think about something that started like that, now has 200 episodes, has crossed 200,000 downloads, has been listening, listened to in 115 countries. And I mean, this is just the beginning. What if I waited? See, the opportunity cost of waiting is that none of this would have happened, right? So we don't wait. When you look at something, you're like, I think this is what I should do. Embrace it. What is the worst that'll happen? You start the podcast and it doesn't work. You didn't have a podcast before that. So you didn't lose anything, right? And so I'm saying that to say, if you're, you want to default more to taking action, you, wanted, you want that to be more of a default than over-researching. You research enough to make a decision and then you're done. It's time to act. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes back to just like passively consuming things and then not acting on them. And, and we were the same way. So we're, as we're recording this, we're seven months into our podcast baby here uh, at Reset MD podcast. And I am, um, I'm inspired. I haven't added up how many we've done. I definitely know how old we are, but I think I'm going to stay here. I want, I want to hit 200 like you did. Yes, do it. And it's just coming, like you said, running with an idea that you think can be impactful and, and just starting and getting better as you go. And just, I love that. I love that. So, so it's on record here. So when I hit 200 or we hit 200, it's not just, yeah. me, it's a team. Um, then I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know. And I'll be celebrating like crazy. I, I love the sound of it. Why not? I love and celebration. Oh my gosh. That comes back to, you know, being able to celebrate the life that you have built, 
being, you know, having that thriving environment. And I just feel like our conversation today is going to help so many people start to think about this a little differently. And I just, I really appreciate you being here and sharing this. And I will absolutely make sure that there are links in our show notes to the podcast, um, um, Dr. Una's podcast, uh, Entree MD podcast, and also to the book. And gosh, a $16 MBA, I'm signing up. Actually, I already have it. And so I just can't wait to, to find some time on a weekend to just dive into it and, and read it all in one full swoop. Yeah, I, and actually it's very fascinating that that's what people say, like one sitting, I got it done, you know? And so so you probably, you probably do that too. <laughs> yeah. As we finish up, I know you've given us so much uh, to think about and um, pearls of wisdom for for business and for wellness. Um, As we finish up, are there any other things you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Well, so I would love to leave, I would love to leave the listeners with this. Um, As physicians, we are in a unique time and I no longer works, we work, right? And so when I started this book, what I said there is to my fellow physicians, the Calvary is not coming. It is here, it is us. And so for instance, I could say buy the Entree Method book, but I haven't told anybody that. This is what I tell them. I say, buy the book, be an example, buy a copy for someone else. What does that mean? Oh, buy the book, it's a $16 MBA, okay? Be an example, which means take this, learn something, apply it, because we are in a desperate need for examples of what is possible. Every time you take something and you present differently, and you are not presenting as unstuck, or you're ne- you negotiate at work and get something that people didn't know was possible, or you build a practice and it thrives, or you even start a practice, you start a, a podcast, you scale your business, any of those things you do makes it possible for thousands and thousands of others to do that. You're creating this whole ripple effect. So don't just buy it, but apply it so you can be an example. And then put a copy in somebody else's hands. And I say that because especially for the residents graduating, I'm like, they have no idea what they're graduating into. They are idealistic, not because of them. They've just been in a bubble and they're about to be introduced to the real world. If we can put this in their hands, we can make it less of a rude shock, right? Why? And you might go like, I just care about me. But the thing is this, we're a community and If we rise, the entire community rises. It becomes better for everybody. We create a ripple effect that will turn the healthcare space right side up. So it's not just about me. It's about me. It's about the physicians I work with. It's the physicians in my community. We rise, we all rise. When people go into higher spaces, they open doors for others. It's a big ripple effect. It's not about I, it's about we. Yeah. That just fills my heart. I'm, I'm just smiling here thinking about that. And, and building that community, as you talked about, being an example for others and, and just starting. 
doing something. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Una. This has been a pleasure and I can't wait to hear um, what people uh, say about this episode. I think they're going to love it and they're going to take this and run with it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I, it's, a, it's an honor. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening in on this conversation at Reset MD. If you'd like to reach out to us and continue the conversation for well-being, email us at resetmdpodcast at gmail.com.